0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host for this week's episode, Paul Jaisley, filling in for the immortal Mike Rappin. But I'm not alone, of course. I'm joined by two wonderful people to talk about comics with, Kate Lamphere. Hi. And Kara Shamborski. Hello. It's good to have you both here. Uh, We are very quickly, uh, almost too quickly to believe, heading toward the holiday season. Um, So we have a great episode about that today. But before we get to the main topic... I want to ask the questions I am legally obligated as host <laughs> to ask for every episode. How have you been? How have the comics been? Let's start with you, Kara.
1: Um, I have a slight cold which is tragic to me because i have made it so far into the school year without getting anything from any of the tiny children so to that's be, impressive so to be so close to christmas break and to now have the sniffles i'm like oh no knock it out of your system Kara. you don't have to live like this uh, in terms of how have comics been um i'm obviously super excited that uh Brian and I are continuing with our I Read Star Wars comic books special, yep. our weekly gift to our fellow Star Wars slash comic nerds. At the center of that Venn diagram, you will find us getting way too excited about Star Wars in yet another medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this week, uh, I read a comic that was on has been on my list for like, I think two years now, two years ago, it, it came out where I kept being like, I'm obviously going to like this. I know I'm going to read this eventually. And I just never did. But luckily, Motor Crush is on Hoopla. So <laughs> that <laughs> did finally happen where I was like, oh, I don't have, I haven't used any of my December polls yet. Let's finally <laughs> dig into Motor Crush. So I read the first issue. And uh, this is a series. That is done by the creative team that did that Batgirl reboot a few years ago where she's got (laughs) her like yellow Doc Martens and is in the Gotham equivalent of, I guess, Bushwick in New York. Um, It's Brendan Fletcher, Babs and Cameron Stewart. And this book is definitely designed to play to Babs aesthetic strengths. Like she's very... Mm -hmm. um, almost kind of like a modern pinup situation in how she draws women and uh I think dudes are kind of her afterthought where she's like I can draw them but I'm really here to like show you some lips and hips so which like (laughs) which is is, like great but it's definitely I was definitely reading this book and I was like "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm And not even like not even that I'm saying that the women are over sexualized, it's just she definitely takes the time to give them a sensual edge, even if they're like a hard ass in a biker gang. So Motor Crush, uh the first issue kind of introduces you to this world where it's like slight alternate reality, near future situation where you're like, okay, a lot of things seem familiar, but this feels like maybe 20 to 40 years in the future from where we are now. Mm-hmm. So their action is centered around these like motor bike races, this racing circuit, and our heroine of the first issue, we see her racing on this circuit, we kind of like meet her dad, who is a former racer, you get like a sense of her situation as a character. Then we, like the second half of the issue has like a tonal shift where you see like, oh, actually her she's an up-and-coming racer in the legit circuit but she is crushing it on the illicit circuit where you race for drugs <laughs> which are called right. something like crusher crusher hence my terrible pun right there but <laughs> so she like races to get these drugs and these drugs make you go faster but obviously there's like you you get addicted to them and we actually see someone getting like i'm going to go with murdered by this drug like like a, what would you call like a, like a warning kill, like an exhibition kill, where you kill someone in front of a crowd of people to be like, this might happen to you too, kind of thing. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a execution like a style. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the so the person like running this shady race like says, we caught this guy like stealing our stash. Let's give it to him. And they like pour a whole thing of this one drug down his mouth, and he just straight up explodes. Like his body is just a pile of goop on the ground. And I was like, what? Ooh. This is not the book I thought I would be reading. Like everything is really like fuchsia and neon and like shiny screens and everything. But this is a pretty dark underbelly, guys. And the last yeah. issue, uh, the first issue ends on such a bleak note that I'm kind of like, do I want to continue? Like I kind of want to continue, like aesthetically, and I do like this creative team. But this is way darker than I thought. I thought this was going to be like fun motorcycle girl gang situation, like betty and veronica vixens over at archie or yeah um the work that i think almost this exact creative team or like no no no. um do you remember the black canary book from a few years ago that kind of looks like this but i think is Mm -hmm. veronica fish doing the art that sounds right Yeah. Yeah, yeah so like that kind of aesthetic where she was also sort of in a biker gang like for, there's like a certain subset of like lady creators in comics who all of a sudden like a few, couple of years ago were like everything is a shiny sexy girl gang and I'm like okay but can you all not do the same thing at the same time because now everything is a sexy motorcycle girl gang
0: <laughs> like, yeah anyway I, you know I I will say um, I am a noted fan of girl gang comics um, and I did pick this issue up I remember reading this first issue and I think I had a similar reaction where. I didn't go back for issue two because the tonal shift at the end. But I, I'd be curious now that's you know free on Hoopla to go back and revisit it. I might like it more. But yeah, what stands out to me is Babs Tar's artwork. The color is fantastic. I love that like bright fuchsia that they use for a lot of the books. So yeah, yeah. might have to re- revisit this one.
1: It looks fantastic. They've got great yeah. world building. I think Tar does better. Action sequences in this than she was doing in Batgirl, which makes sense because this was, I think, yeah. post Batgirl, so she'd had some practice. But mm. um, overall, I was kind of like, "Ooh, this is dark." I don't know if I wanted <laughs> dark necessarily.
0: <laughs> I want that, like you know, a uh, West Side Story girl gang, not necessarily like the dark, scary girl gang, right?
1: Yeah, like like <laughs> let uh, more pink ladies than <laughs> right. <laughs> like if Furiosa had a girl gang, you know, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I'm sure there's an analogy somewhere, but uh, yeah. What was the, the girl gang from the Warriors? The, the, um, I'm blanking now. A listener will remember and let us know on Twitter, please. What was the name of the girl gang in the Warriors? Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, Kate, what did you read this week?
2: I read the I am a hero omnibus, which I kept remembering as I am hero. Like, I thought the guy's name was going to be hero. But anyway, um, this is by Kengo Hanazawa, and it was James's pick for the 2019 Goodreads reading challenge. I'm super behind on this reading challenge. I don't think I'm going to be able to read like the 10 books that I have left between now and the new year, but I'm trying really hard. Anyway, this was a very long manga. It's definitely an omnibus. It deserves that name. Uh, But it was also... It it ended up being a zombie story. And the Mm. the combination of these two things, it being very long and also about zombies, meant that it was engaging, but also that I was reading it until like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, which is peak Mm -hmm. creepy time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the art with the zombies, is creepy enough that it's like, it's a little bit like The Ring. Like, it's extra scary because of the the visuals. So the art was good, just not for 3 (laughs) (laughs) a.m. But along with being a zombie story, this was also kind of, I I felt like it was a medium for the creator to kind of talk about his philosophies about manga because that's a, a lot of what the first part of the story was about was just this the protagonist is a manga creator and he's talking to his co-workers and his girlfriend about what manga is to their culture and what makes a manga great and it was really interesting but at times it got a little bit preachy I felt like and then suddenly there are zombies so <laughs>
0: okay
2: it was it was kind of a cool combination but also It it felt a little directionalist up until it turned into a zombie book. So I Hmm. am interested in continuing. Like, I want to know what happens next because it ends on a cliffhanger, but it is just like, it's a little bit unusual. It's an unusual combination of things.
0: So. Hmm. Sounds interesting. I, I I like the idea of using zombies as a sort of meta textual device. You know, no zombie stories are really about zombies. They're about you know larger issue. I think so. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Paul. This, yes.
1: this week, did you also read a book with an unexpected and abrupt mood shift? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did. I did, actually. Yes, I read. We
1: did not plan this, friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Um, I read The Hard Tomorrow, which was an OGN by Eleanor Davis. It was published by Drawn and Quarterly um, last month. So it just recently came out. And uh, it got a lot of advanced buzz. I remember hearing about it um, from a couple different sources. So I picked it up at the shop kind of on a whim. And it's a stunning book. It might be the best comic I've read this year. I know there's Whoa. that that thing of like reading the most recent thing you read, you love the most. But really, it's a fantastic book. Um, and it's basically set in a like a near future or you know a world very similar to ours. Uh, it's about a woman named Hannah who is part of an anti-violence activist group, sort of like an antifa, sort of uh, or antifa, however you pronounce it, uh, collective. Uh, fighting against or protesting against the use of chemical weapons. At the same time, she's trying to build a house off the grid with her her husband. They're trying to have a, start a family, have a child. And it's a basically a meditation on the balance between the seeming pessimism and futility of that activism and the optimism that drives it. You know, the hope for a better world versus the terribleness of the world that you actually live in. And it's really a balance between those two. It does have a very shocking ending, a moment toward the end involving her husband. I don't want to give anything away, but really the star of the book for me is the way uh, Davis illustrates it. Her line work is very fluid. It's, it's, um, sensuous has a, maybe an odd connotation, but it does have a fluidity to it. That's very evocative. Uh, it's all black and white. She does some amazing uh, narrative work in this, some panels that I had to stop reading just to absorb it all. Um, it is a truly stunning book, and I don't want to give too much away, but um, if you want to read something that's unique and different and feels like an important statement, I, this is the book for you. I highly, highly recommend it.
1: Would you say that this is a book for someone who is already familiar with the comic medium, or would you feel comfortable giving this to someone who normally reads prose?
0: I would say you kind of have to maybe be or already be a comic fan. Um, this might be a hard sell just because her artwork does look simplistic at first. I think having an appreciation or background in the nuances of cartooning would definitely help. That makes sense. Okay. Um, Cause I mean, it, it is a very beautiful book, but I think the, the, it looks simple at first, but once you kind of like are familiar with, you know, the storytelling techniques, maybe if someone, you know, again, reads like understanding comics and then comes to this, they'd be able to see like what, all of the amazing behind the scenes stuff that davis is doing uh artistically if that makes sense
1: i ask because i still have no idea what to get my brother for christmas so i'm fishing for <laughs> okay. ideas
0: <laughs> okay well uh yeah i would say maybe give it a flip through uh maybe just judge if you know their tastes and their stuff the, like artistically that might be a good book i think it's a fantastic book i would buy it for yourself uh because i loved it so much but um I anyway. paul <laughs> yes. Uh, I also read a Batman comic. I can't leave without, uh, talking about Batman. Um, uh, mm. since I'm the host, I read Batman creature of the night. Number four. I do want to mention this book because this is a fantastic mini series, the four issue mini The first issue came out way back in November of 2017. So it's Whoa. been a two year long wait for the story to end. And it's been worth every minute. Uh, this is Kurt Busiek writing art by John Paul Leon. Um, I don't want to speculate too much, but I believe uh, Leon had some serious health issues, which has caused the delay. But I'm very glad that they let him finish the book, because it's all about his artwork. It's such a beautiful-looking book. And if you don't remember, I think I talked about the first issue two years ago on the show, uh, but uh, the gimmick here is that it's a, basically a, a semi-sequel to the book that Busick did with Stuart Immonen called ba- uh, Superman Secret Identity, where it's a Superman story set in our world where Superman is only exists as a fictional character. This is a similar story involving Batman. It follows a young boy named Bruce Wainwright who lives in Boston. He loves Batman. He loves Adam West TV show. He collects Batman comics. He's obsessed with Batman, the fictional character. And then after his parents are killed by a mugger, uh, he begins hallucinating this dark creature of the night that is taking revenge on people that have wronged him. So the book is basically like... A quote real world example of like what Batman would how Batman would operate in the real world and by this issue of Bruce Wayne White as an adult he's the head of the company that he inherited from his parents Uh, it's you know the same story as Bruce Wayne but this time it appears that the demonic bat like creature that's avenging for him might be a figment of his his imagination or it's a something that's possessed his personality and he's trying to make sense of all this. It's a meditation on how we process grief. It's uh, an exploration of how we make sense of violence. It's all the stuff you want from a Batman story, but it's really rooted in a sort of real appreciation for what the character means uh, as a fictional character, right? So Nice. And as I mentioned, Leon's artwork is beautiful. It's such a good-looking book. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Whenever the collection comes out, I'm sure it'll be out soon, flip through it. It's a fantastic Batman comic. If you want a standalone Batman comic, this might be a book I'd recommend to someone who likes, you know, never read, never reads comics, but is interested in Batman. This is the book for you. So, Good sell, Paul. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. So that's what we read this week. Of course, there's more comic books coming out this week um, on December 11th already. Kate, what are you excited to read this week?
2: I'm excited to read Firefly Unification War Volume 2. I've been talking about Firefly a lot lately on this show. I'm so glad that Boom picked it up. This is by Greg Pack, Dan McDade, and Lee Garbett. And there are a lot of things that I want for our planet, but for what I want for our verse is just more Firefly. <laughs> um, this covers some of the backstory that's mentioned on the original TV show. Um, so, in fact, it focuses just on Mal and Zoe, and Volume 1 is already out, and also they've released The Sting, which focuses just on all the ladies that we met on the show. And I'm so excited to read that one. I picked it up, um, and I haven't read it yet, but maybe... Uh, Maybe next weekend, I'll just sit down and read all of the new Firefly.
0: So Kate, um, would you recommend this book to someone who's maybe never seen the show or didn't like the show? I'm asking for a friend. uh, That's (laughs) me. (laughs) (sighs) That's a really good question.
2: Hmm. I actually, I'm wondering if The Sting might be a better place to start with because it seems like it's going to be a one-off story.
0: Okay, I see.
2: But let me read it and get back to you about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I
0: appreciate that. Because I, I, this is an amazing creative team, and I'm really interested in reading it because of that. But I tried the show, and it just wasn't for me. But I can't beat Dan McDade on art and yeah. Greg Pack writing. That's, that sounds great. So,
2: Yeah, I'll probably reread all of it um, once Volume 2 comes out, at least all of the okay. Boom stuff. So I, uh, gotcha. I can be thinking about that while I'm reading it and get back to you.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kara, how about you? What are you excited for?
1: Okay, so um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really hyped about this I Read Star Wars comic book special that we're doing and uh, next week actually, the show is going to be a spotlight on Dr. Afra, who is a uh, Star Wars comics native character that was introduced in the Darth Vader series and was so popular that she got her own series that is now on its sixth trade coming out Like, it's been going for a while. And so, uh, Brian and I were talking about volumes one through five for the episode that we recorded. And I got to the end and I started, like, talking on the show to Brian about how, like, and I can't, and, like, this is a great place for it to end. And he was like, what are you talking about? It's still ongoing. And I was like, oh, (laughs) that seems like a basic piece of knowledge I should have had, right? So, (laughs) so. Uh, my comic pick for the week of December 11th is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number 40. Um, I have been going through the the trades on this, but now I'm wondering if that's a mistake because the solicit for this one says that D- uh, Darth Vader is catching up to Dr. Aphra. And um, I just need her to be okay because she's a terrible person who brings me joy. And I just like, <laughs> need everything to be fine for her. <laughs> And like you you guys know how I feel about Darth Vader. I'm such trash when it comes to Anakin. <laughs> I hate San Skywalker, but like I really need him to not get his way in this. I'm I like understand. I'm like yeah. I have like anxiety about this fictional character even though I'm like easily 6 to 8 issues behind on what she's actually up to, but I'm like she's survived this far, she could still do it. But you know, the the the, the the title for this storyline that number 40 is in the in the middle or the end of is A Rogue's End. And I'm like, don't no. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so I'm emotionally invested.
0: I have to get on this. I've I, I I'm been a bad Star Wars fan. I've not read any of this recent Marvel Star Wars stuff. But this sounds like the most appealing series. That so might be the one I have to jump on and check out Paul, so. you
1: should listen to our i read star wars comic book special
0: <laughs> I, and I that way should. you could
1: either read along with it or just be like you know what screw it i'm going to get full spoilers and then i'm going to decide what i'm going to go back and actually get into
0: yeah yeah either way though yes i will have to do that i i'm in full star wars geek mode with the the new film coming out so uh i'm i'm in the right mindset to do that so excellent i'll make it so yeah um as for my pick this week i'm going to pick far sector number two uh, this is the second issue of a 12-issue limited series that uh, DC is doing. I can't remember which imprint it, it. might be the young animal imprint. I can't remember exactly, but uh, it's basically a Green Lantern story. It's uh, written by N.K. Jemisin and with art by Jamal Campbell. Um, it's about a Green Lantern, a rookie Green Lantern named Sojourner Mullen, and she's investigating a murder in a giant megapolis, a megacity, out somewhere in the distant far sectors of space, hence the title. Um, it's, uh, there's a murder in this city, and it turns out it's the first uh, homicide that's taken place in this city in 500 years because the different alien races that inhabit the city have all somehow like, tampened down their emotions. So there's not really any type of conflict there. Um, so this series is picking up a murder mystery where no one actually knows how to investigate a murder. <laughs> so it's a Green Lantern's job to kind of figure it out and take charge. But she's a rookie, still kind of learning the ropes. It's exactly what you want from a Green Lantern story. It's part science fiction, it's part police procedural, and Hal Jordan's not in it. So it's basically a perfect Green Lantern story. Ouch. In my eyes.
1: (laughs) What do you have against Hal?
0: No, I'm just kidding. He's kind of a... Is it
1: because he's such a cop? I mean, like, no, like, I don't... Okay, that was was not the right thing to say, but like...
0: I know what you're saying. He's such a
1: cop. And like... Yeah. so, So if you are not... And like, when I say he's such a cop, I mean like... You don't want him at a party with you because he's the guy who's like, sir, are you old enough to be drinking that beer? (laughs) Which, like, is the job and that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be upholding the law, but, like, you don't want Hal Jordan at your party. Unless he's co-hosting with Barry Allen, because I feel like Barry can (laughs) bring out that side of Hal where he's just like, okay, maybe just this once. I'll maybe bend the rule. It'll be fine. But, yeah, Kyle Rayner is the funner Green Lantern.
0: Exactly. I think being a kid when Kyle Rayner uh, was introduced and that been kind of the first Green Lantern stuff I read, I've always kind of re- um uh resented Hal Jordan coming back from the dead. It's like, man, we had a great Green Lantern without you. Why'd you have to come back? So Aww. um Anyway, this is a really good series. If you if you like the Green Lantern mythos, but maybe aren't uh in uh up to date with the current Green Lantern story or the issue uh series this be a book to check out. The artwork is lovely. It's got a lot of futuristic sci-fi stuff, if you're into that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting series. I'm excited to see where it goes. So, With that said, we are going to be taking a quick break here. But when we return, our theme for this episode is our comic book gift-giving guide. What books do you give to the uh, people on your Christmas shopping list? We'll be back shortly to discuss that. Well, I'm looking at the calendar right now, and Christmas is very quickly approaching. Uh, it's a little nerve-wracking, thinking about who I have to buy gifts for. But comics make great gifts, and Kara, you have already mentioned you have a gift-giving dilemma. So we figured we'd get together and talk about how do we give comics, or what comics do we give to the people in our lives? Do you want to maybe start here and maybe talk about your, uh, your uh, gift-giving anxiety? Yes.
1: My struggle? Well, okay, so my struggle is, as I'm sure you and many of our listeners identify with this. Since I love comics, that's my, like, instinct as a gift. Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. but I love the thing and therefore (laughs) might you also love the thing if I make sure that the comic I choose is within your genre interests for film and television? But, like, (laughs) I've I've come to a point where, like, I do, like, I've tried to give comics to family members and friends and, like, sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. Um I try so hard with my mom, but she just doesn't have the 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 like she's just not a person that like sits. Okay, and when she yeah. does, she's <laughs> like, and now I'm asleep. So it's like <laughs> So like I have given her some comics over the years to be like, Mom, you have to read this. Um but like actually the one time she did ask if she could read something is when I was showing her uh, the Kevin Keller trades I had from Archie Comics. Mm -hmm. Um, She was like, oh, I heard about that. Can I read that? And I was like, sure. But it's been like sitting in her bathroom for about a year now. So I don't know if she's actually cracked it open or not. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so I was talking about like, oh, Paul, that book you read. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe that's the thing I can get for my brother, which I can say because I don't think he listens to the show when I'm on it. But (laughs) uh But yeah, like I've given him some comics before and he's given me some comics before. Like it's not his go-to medium, but if there's something where it's like it's in his interest in general, he'll give it a whirl.
0: Um, Well, I think think that's interesting because, you know, it might be a little bit self-serving in some regards saying, here, I love comic books, therefore I want everyone else to love comics, but... If someone's not a normal comic book reader and you kind of take the time to think, well, here's something that they don't know exists that they might like based on their taste, that shows a little like, you know, some nice thinking. It's the, you know, the the, the thought that counts, as they say. So I, I like that idea.
1: Yeah. And then uh, my mom texted me the other day because she's getting presents for our younger relatives that we like maybe have only seen a couple times in their whole lives kind of thing. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, people live far away, and travel is is expensive. But um, so she texted me. She's just like, what Star Wars books do I get for children under the age of 10? And I'm like, what? Like, that's that's actually pretty broad, Mom. Like, did you have a narrower scope in mind? Um, But it just got me thinking how, like, yeah, for... For people who are like, oh, God, I've got, like, a niece and a nephew and I've got, like, a second cousin and I should probably bring something, but I don't know what. Like, yeah, I do think comics are a great gift because, like, that's a way to get kids reading. Like, even if they're not strong readers in school, Mm -hmm. I I find, like, working in a school, I find generally if you hand a kid a comic book, they're going to devour it because even if they can't... um get through all the words or syntax, they're going to be able to follow along with the pictures.
0: Exactly. And again, it might be self-serving, but if you get kids addicted to comics, that gives us more listeners in the future. It makes perfect sense. Playing the long game here. (laughs) Uh, But I like that idea. I I do like the idea of giving kids comics. So you have a few, uh, we have a whole list here of stuff, different people in your life. So do you want to maybe run through some uh, different age groups and what you might recommend?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it and for kids at like the more like elementary school reader level, like maybe not, nec- maybe not like third grade and below. Depend, it, it depends on their level of reading. Cause like when I was in third grade, I was just starting to read chapter books. Mm-hmm. Some kids don't read those until later. Like, I think you should know your audience to that level. But, um, like I see the, the kids at the school where I work reading like Raina Telgemeier's works. Um, Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like Guts and what's, uh, what's the other ones? uh, Smile
1: and Sisters.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I mean,
0: those are wildly popular books. I'd be surprised if they don't, haven't already heard of them, you know, before you give it to them.
1: Right, right. And then it's like, okay, well, if, if that's not a good pick or if they've already read them, because again, popular and they're published by Scholastic. So they definitely seen them at Scholastic (laughs) book fairs. Um, I also like the book Amulet. Uh, which is kind of like uh, children going on an adventure. There's like a secret world under the family house and <laughs> they start discovering it. It's like maybe a little more advanced, but again, like, you know, if, you, if your kid can handle the Brave Little Toaster or whatever it is the kids are watching these <laughs> days with like adventure stuff, like, yeah, sometimes adventures are scary, but like, you can do it. Um, yeah. Something that I have at the elementary level, but I think actually is more of, I w- would safely call all ages is this series called Owly that I am like so obsessed with because it's like, it's so well done. So there are very few words in this book at all. It's about this adventure, the adventures of this little owl who lives in the woods. And I get kind of an Eeyore the vibe off of him. Cause he's like, he gets like sad by things like no. Oh no, my friend went away. Where is he? Just like just has these huge eyes that all of a sudden have like this downcast turn and you're just like my baby. Um, but like all the dialogue, like where there would be dialogue in this book is um like represented in kind of like pictures or ex exclamations. Um mm-hmm. So I really like it because it's a way to kind of practice reading comprehension without necessarily knowing what the words are, which in some ways is kind of a more advanced skill because instead Mm -hmm. of relying on words to tell you what's going on, you do have to be paying attention to the art and the representations. And, you know, if you've got a kid in your life who maybe doesn't quite pick up on like all the words or maybe like really... Um, is attracted to animation because the faces are more stylized, so it's easier to read the emotions. I would say Owly is yeah. a good pick to kind of practice going through a story and following the emotional journey as opposed to just plot. If that makes sense,
0: that does make sense. Yeah, interesting. I, I've I've seen that that book around, so yeah, that does seem like a good pick. So, I know Kate, you were excited to see that. Uh, Nimona was on the list for a couple of different age groups. So I'm not familiar with that book. So yeah. uh, what's the sell there?
2: Nimona is kind of this meta book that is fantasy based Man, it's hard to talk about. Like it's it's kind of Nimona herself is the protagonist and she's kind of an anti-hero. She she shows up and she's all excited to help out the bad guy. And the bad guy is just in it for attention because he misses the guy who is the the community hero, basically. So he does all these bad things to get his friend's attention, but they're not that bad. But Nimona comes along and she's like, Let's explode the kingdom. And so she's a bad guy, but you're to understand that like these are not things that you're supposed to do in real life, so really it's just <laughs> okay. it's very cute, and then it keeps it, it will occasionally reference something that isn't um like European fantasy, which is kind of the suggested setting, so it's this really mm-hmm. kind of uh, quirky yeah it's it's just very okay. quirky, it's very cute and, and I love it and I am thirty years old, but it's definitely at the age range that a Definitely a high schooler, maybe even like 7th, 8th grade, would, would understand okay. yeah. and probably enjoy.
1: Yeah, I would say you can read it at the middle school level. You would get more of the nuance as a high schooler depending on your social-emotional development level. Um, mm-hmm. I read it in when it came out when I was in like my mid to late 20s. And I vastly enjoyed it and was kind of like, where the hell was this when I was 15? <laughs> Interesting. There oh, is also
2: okay. an yeah. audiobook adaptation to it, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, it's very it, it's very sound produced, so there's a lot of extra little noises to it. But if you've got if you're trying to like have a themed gift for somebody, you could get them both the audiobook and and the graphic novel. Yeah, interesting. Namona
1: is oh. is done by Noel Stevenson, who is the creative oh, okay. force behind She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix. And she also did, I think, my favorite Wonder Woman comic of all time, which was a one-shot in, oh, is it Sensation Comics?
0: Yeah, the the digital series they were doing a few years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sensation
1: Comics. Noelle Stevenson did a Wonder Woman one-shot where Wonder Woman is maybe like middle school age and like shows up at man's world but like at a carnival boardwalk and you just see her oh. kind of like interacting with kids her own age in terms of like oh those boys are bullying someone that's not cool let me play video games with these girls let me try ice cream and it's just so so <laughs> wholesome while still capturing like who Wonder Woman is at the core of her character yeah. um so like I only have good things to say about Noel Stevenson's <laughs> work and Nimona I think is the book that kind of put her on the map in terms of, like, people knowing who she was.
0: oh, Nice, nice. Um, And then I see on the list here, also for high schoolers, you might recommend Young Avengers by the, uh, you know, Gillen and McKelvey tag team there.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is a book. So when I was in high school, my jam was Teen Titans, and I was reading the Jeff Johns run once I realized, like, because I was watching the TV show, and then I was like, looking it up online i was like what do you mean this is based off of a comic book and like what do you mean they're putting this comic book in the stores still so that's how i found in my comic shop and so i was reading that and being like these guys are teenagers and i'm teenager so right. that's how that works right but i like <laughs> n- <laughs> but uh again like in my mid-20s i read the young avengers run that gillen and McKelvey did and i was like oh this has like nuance that was maybe <laughs> okay. missing yeah. in the other one that I was reading so I think like yeah. you know if you want to give a, a high school reader something that might be like feel a little bit more on their level
0: yeah,
1: I would say Young Avengers and then you could be like the cool aunt or
2: uncle who is like I get you you can yeah. like talk to me about stuff it's fine I feel like another one for a high schooler might be Runaways both the original run and today's run oh yeah
0: definitely yeah Yeah, that's a good pick.
2: It's got that, like, everybody's in high school, as far as I remember, except for little Molly. Um, And it's kind of like, you're in high school, you're kind of becoming who you're going to be as an adult. You're maybe, like, um, not necessarily rebelling, but at least questioning everything around you. And with Runaways being the, our parents are evil, oh, but wait, there was a reason all along. It's really, I feel like it would have really
0: spoken to me.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) in high school Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah good that's a good pick yeah
1: and then for if like people are in college like all I can think of is Neil Gaiman stuff because I feel like (laughs) when I was in college literally everyone who was like I work in a comic shop or I read comics was like what do you mean you haven't read Sandman yet
0: yeah well. I (laughs) I still haven't read it, so neither have I. <laughs> I, I. And I feel
1: like it's because people were pushing it so hard. They're like, exactly, You gotta read yeah. Salmon, you gotta read salmon I'm like, I hear you, but also you're the people who keep telling me that Watchmen is the end all be all. So I don't right. know. Yeah. Like So yeah.
0: So, so, so I was thinking about that and I was trying to remember my college experience. It's kind of when I got back into reading comics, uh like more uh, full time was in, when I was in college, and I think it actually was reading Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics, which is kind of like a I think a good book. Yeah, it's it's a good book to kind of say like it is a comic, but it also explains the theory. You can kind of gauge on a deeper level. It might rekindle your love for comics, like it did for me. Um, that is also why I'd recommend something like Love and Rockets by Jaime Hernandez, or even some like Harvey Peckar American Splendor stuff. If you're a cynical college student that's the stuff to read right there so it's more along the lines of some alternative comics that might be more literary whatever that term means uh, <laughs> in style so yeah if you're a pretentious college kid like i was that's definitely gonna like you know appeal to you
1: basically so. ask yourself would this be reviewed in the new yorker magazine <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: exactly that was my jam so <laughs> um so yeah i think that's a good uh look there but obviously um we have younger uh, relatives. What about our older relatives? What are our our parents that you know might not read comics? So we have ideas what we'd get them. And keep in mind that all parents are different. We're not trying to like you know put them all in the same basket, so to speak.
1: I know. Like I, I really do hate lists like that. It's like gifts for her. Like man, I hate to I I hate to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up. That Peloton <laughs> ad that everyone's flipping out on. Like don't right. Like yeah. don't get your lady significant other an exercise machine without knowing that it's something that she's actually explicitly asked you for but like so so and they're just like look this is a gift you could get your lady friend i'm like "Ooh, but what if she's like not into that like think about them as a person but i did want to kind of discuss like if you could make your parents like re like read a comic or reconsider a comic (laughs) like what might that be for you
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know the first thing that sprung to mind for me um and it's actually a book I've actually already talked about my dad with is Berlin by Jason Lutz, uh, which was recently collected as a really nice hardcover, I think last late last year. Um and that is a if your father or someone you know is very into European history, particularly World War Two history, this is a great book because it's all about pre-World War II Berlin, sort of like the 1920s into the 30s, when the city is a metropolitan uh, scene. There's art, jazz, there's a sort of a libertine underground culture with cabaret. At the same time, you have political battles between the socialists and the Nazis. Um, It's based on real, you know, real history. It's beautifully illustrated. It's beautifully told. And uh, it's a really amazing piece of historical fiction that I think uh, a lot of fathers might be into that stuff that might appeal to them.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback off you there because I also picked a World War related book for my, for my, <laughs> right, yeah. for my dad. Um, and I actually think I'm cheating a little bit because I don't know if you'd necessarily put this in the comic book category or like the illustrated scroll category. <laughs> um, it's called The Great War by Joe Sacco, and this book came out a few years ago. I remember seeing it in bookshops and being like, "That looks, that looks interesting," and then not actually getting because I was like. He my dad won't read it but um it's actually this like 24 foot long pull out book oh. where it's like a continuous illustration about um world war I. Oh my gosh okay so it's like if you again if you're if not necessarily your father but if someone in your life is <laughs> into like the history of war and you think they might like a different way of looking at that perhaps this pull out visual narrative that is like i again i didn't get it but i saw like sample pages and the art is really striking (laughs) interesting
2: when i think of what do i get for my dad i kind of jump to westerns or sci-fi and copperhead would be great for that Mm. so Mm -hmm. if your dad is open to um fiction (laughs) and likes westerns and sci-fi copperhead was a great book Yeah, I went with
1: I went with Great War for this pick because I was like, "Look, Dad, you don't even have to read it. You can just pull out the things." (laughs) And like, my dad does read a lot, but whenever I try to give him comics, he just like kind of glances at it, and then I think forgets about it. But if he actually was going to read it, then I would probably get him a stack of the James Bond comics that Dynamite has been putting out because those are actually great. Like, I don't know if you guys have been reading those at all, but every time I read one, I am pleasantly surprised by how, how good it is.
0: Interesting. I yeah, that's a huge uh. Blank spot in my pop culture knowledge is James Bond. So that might be a place to start. But I also say, like, maybe your dad read comics when he was a kid. So maybe find out what he read. There's all sorts of trade collections of Silver Age and Bronze Age comics. You can probably get them. A few years ago, I did give my dad a collection of Silver Age Justice League comics. And he loved it because it's a go tripped on memory lane. So that's also a good, uh, good thing to think about in that regard. Uh, what about our moms? Moms like comics, too. Uh, <laughs> we have some pics here. Um, you know, I think a lot of moms um, like to like to cook. I don't want to generalize, uh, but that's something. And I was thinking moms about that. And, moms or
1: exactly, dads, Moms or dads. Exactly. I'm
0: saying I, I cook. I just, I'm, I'm not trying to be too specific <laughs> here. but uh, My mom also loves a good recipe. And I think the book Relish, My Life in the Kitchen uh, by Lucy Nisley. Uh, Is a fantastic book because it's a cookbook and a comic. It's about her remembering specific memories and childhood um, events based around the sensation of eating and like how taste and smell can trigger memories and growing up around food and appreciating food. It's also filled with a bunch of recipes that are illustrated that you can make. So it's a, it's a double function book. It's a memoir and a cookbook all in one. So it's, that's a good pick for anyone that likes to spend time in the kitchen.
1: going to add that to the list for my brother. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> this episode is great for my shopping. Um, for, for my mom my first reaction was actually a comic that i think as of now is still only available in french and i was like damn it why doesn't my mom know french um it's this series called um mamet and there's like a, mm-hmm. a sort of a prequel ser- series for it called petite mamet like little mamet so the series mamet is about this like adorable old lady just kind of like going about her life being an old french lady and then um the series petite mamet is like you're seeing Her story from when she was like a child, um, living with some more extended family members. They kind of allude to like other stuff going on in the background of France, but like she's safe in the countryside, Mm -hmm. Uh, like pre electric, like pre electricity situation. I think it's like an earlier 20th century, like maybe World War I or World War II situation, probably World War II. Um, and it's such a beautiful story like i just i wish they translated it into english because i remember like reading the Patima memet series and like crying because it's like you're you're following the story of this little this little girl but you're seeing the things that are going over her head also because you see her like aunt and uncle and like other relatives kind of like talking above her head and she's like going off into the woods like la 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 and but from their like glances or like they'll even devote panels to um, the adults reacting to what they just heard or learned about, and it's like pretty, pretty heartbreaking to read, but in like a beautiful cathartic way. And so I was just like, "Ooh, my mom would love this if only she read French or if it was in English." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, yeah. okay, okay, all right, Carrie, you gotta pick something in English." So then I thought of the book Lulu Anu, which mm. I read, God, probably like six years ago. At this point, um, it is. I forget if it's a French or just from another European country comic translated into English about this um, middle-aged woman who just like decides to not go home one day and she ends up like walking along the beach for like miles and miles and like goes to a different town and talks to strangers and does all these things that have just not been a part of her routine of being wife and mother for the last like 20 years of her life and it's really striking like if you like i don't know if you'd necessarily give this to someone who's going through a midlife crisis or if it would help them (laughs) but like i Uh I just felt this release while reading it of like oh like what would happen if you just kind of left everything you knew and all your routines if only for like a day
0: right
2: Huh. I thought about Lulu and New for like my grandmother also, because my grandmother, at least, is she, she still has wanderlust, still likes to travel and things like that. Um, so I felt like Lulu and New would be a really great pick for her. And I could see her sitting, sitting down to actually read this. I mean, I feel like it's not very wordy, but their art is really good. So if you've got somebody, if if, you're, if your older female relative has bad eyesight or something like that, this would still be a decent book
0: for them. I'll make a note of that. That's a that's a good suggestion. Um, so I, there's a few other, again, we have a very long list. Uh, we're not going to get to all of it, but I do want to make a special note that we probably have people in our lives that used to read comics and maybe stopped. So we have lapsed uh, DC fans, lapsed, Mar- lapsed Marvel fans. There's so many great books out there they might not know about. So what would we recommend for like a lapsed DC reader that we want to get back in the game, so to speak?
1: Well, I guess it's not so much back in the game as like, I even think I'm a good example of this. Like, you love the DC characters, but you've kind of fallen off reading everything month to month. And there have been so many changes to that universe that you're just kind of like, ah, do I still recognize what's happening? Do I need to know continuity? And sometimes you just want a story that's like, what about the characters that I love? What if I just want to read like a story with them that I don't really have to worry about the rest of it? Yep. And that's where Mr. Miracle comes in. <laughs> and like, yes, you, yes. you listeners to the show, you know, we've talked about this at length. But like, really, if you have someone in your life who like used to read DC, and for whatever reason, hasn't read Mr. Miracle yet, the series that was published this this past year, you got to get them the trade. I, I finally got around to reading it. Do I understand it? No. Is it great? <laughs> yes. Will I reread it? Probably. Like if you at all like the new gods or just even Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, even if you just like Big Barda, like I was in this for Barda. (laughs) It's like it's such a healthy representation of a married couple. Like I'm almost stunned yeah. that this book came out of a big two company, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> you
0: know, it it it's a very good book. And I as someone that's already a huge Jack Kirby New Gods fan, I knew I was gonna like it, but I, I'm I'm heartened to hear that people that maybe aren't that familiar with the New Gods stuff were still able to find something in it that spoke to them. So yeah, I would recommend that. If you have fans that maybe don't know those specific characters and have been out of the game for a while, I would say The New Frontier by Darwin Cook is a great book to give someone that's a DC fan who maybe hasn't read that. So that's the classic characters in a way they would recognize. It's very a celebration of the Silver Age. It's a fantastic book, and it looks amazing. It does look amazing. God, I love that book so much. It's Yeah, I just saw it on my shelf. I'm like, I have to reread that. I haven't read it in a while. So Um, For Marvel fans, again, I'm not as big of a Marvel reader, so I might not be the best person to suggest, but the book that got me... A recent book that got me reading uh, Marvel stuff regularly, it was The Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing, uh, written by Al Ewing with, um, uh, of course, I'm blanking on the artist's name, and I feel terrible about that, Um, but that's a book, yeah, you know, you know who it is. Um, That's a book that, as someone that likes the Hulk in theory, but maybe not in practice, I immediately gravitated that book and thought it was fantastic. So someone that uh, is familiar with Marvel stuff, but maybe is not reading contemporary stuff, that's an easy one to jump onto, I think.
1: That just makes me think of Hulk Gray.
0: Okay. From a yeah, few years ago.
1: Yeah. Like, I read that because mm-hmm. I feel like the Hulk is kind of like Wonder Woman. There's no real, like, this is the series that you must read for this character that, like, defines them in, in the way that, like, you know, you think, okay, Batman, <laughs> Dark Knight stuff, then, yeah, like, Superman, exactly. like, ah, oh, like, Death of Superman or things mm-hmm. like that. There's more, like, series that were, like, I can point to that and be like that big thing that they did. Um, But the Hulk and Wonder Woman, I feel like not so much, but like there's stuff that people say, but what about that one? But what about that one? And like this origin story. And I feel like for the, because Hulk gray was a revisitation of Bruce Banner and the Hulk's origin story, but done by contemporary writers and artists, but still with like a retro vibe, that does kind of remind me of DC's New Frontier, like that for me yeah. was great because I didn't really know anything about the Hulk beyond like Hulk Smash, and I was like, oh, you sweetie, <laughs> this is like Frankenstein <laughs> <Exactly>. updated.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's um that's uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, I think, right mm-hmm. on that book. Yeah, and the Immortal Hulk, it's Joe Bennett, of course, on pencils. I, I just remembered. Uh, so. Yes, check that book out. Yeah, um,
1: for for Marvel stuff, for me, the stuff that I really like is their like f- more recent, like bubbly, colorful, unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Miss yeah. Marvels, this like the stuff like that. Um, and then, it, I, if for some reason you have someone in your life who used to read a lot of Marvel and for whatever reason did not read the Fraction, of hawkeye you should probably just get the volume one of hawkeye
0: yeah yeah that's a good pick too um and yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of lapsed X-Men fans, and I think there should be, if Marvel's smart, a Hox Pox collection out before Christmas. It is coming out before be Christmas. To, of course. Because okay, I'm like, because
1: like, basically all of comics Twitter is like Hox Pox, and I'm like, what disease is this that you're all about? Like, what happened? <laughs> right, yeah. What new con-crud nonsense is this? Um, but it is an X-Men series that everyone is like, holy shit, this is the best. So even though I'm not really a devoted X-Fan, I am like, okay publish Hoxpox. I will get it from the library, I will read it, and then I can be like, holy shit, you guys were right, or like, oh. <laughs> there will be no middle ground.
0: I will say, as a very skeptical uh, X-Men fan, never been a big X-Men fan, I bought all of those issues, and I actually really loved all of them, so... Yeah, I'll endorse as a as a uh, X-Men newbie, so to speak. Paul,
1: um, what's the full name so it doesn't sound like we're just talking in code <laughs> about diseases?
0: <laughs> it's House of X, Powers of Ten. So, yeah, you can find it at your local comic shop. I think the collection should be both those series Together. Uh, presented narratively. You know, it's supposed to be read. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll give that a thumbs up. Um, Kate, do you have any? I know you're not a big, big two reader. Do you have any insight here or should we jump to another, uh, another topic?
2: Uh, I'm just going to double down on the, the Runaways as great. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: also for good new pick. readers. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think, I think the, the trick here is books that aren't led down with continuity and those are come sometimes tough to find, but I think, yeah, that might be a good pick. It in can that be regard, done. So. Yes, yes. Um, I want to very quickly talk about Star Wars. I know you've already mentioned a bunch of Star Wars books, Kara, as (laughs) suggestions. I want to say maybe there's someone that likes Star Wars, but maybe has already consumed all the uh, extra media or only likes the movies. Um, I would say maybe give them Outer Darkness, the image series that John Layman uh, writes with art by Afu Chan. I picked that up on Hoopla on a whim, and it's great. It's a... Uh, Sort of that same space western vibe, space opera, uh, but there is elements of magic involved. There's these spaceships that are powered by ancient gods that are no longer being worshipped, so they use their energy of the god to power the ships. It's a weird mix of magic and sci-fi that probably appeal to a lot of Star Wars fans, and the artwork is lovely. So that might be a good alternative gift to the sci-fi or star wars fan in your life
1: that does appeal to me thank you i will add that to my list for myself
0: (laughs) uh, this is kind of a uh, self-serving episode in a lot of ways
1: i think this is very much Um, making my life easier in so many ways
0: (laughs) is there any um i'm trying to think what else we have here on the list again we will post this full list of suggestions on the website because there's no way we can get through all of this um, time allotted
1: I i wanted to talk about a couple series that like i read once a long time ago or actually i read prez twice so that's not fair um (laughs) but i read these books and they just kind of like stick in my mind like even if i'm not just they'll they'll like rise up unbidden because other things remind me of them um for your friend who can't turn off c-span uh probably the book prez um from dc ooh uh somewhere in the 2015 through 2017 time frame they revisited a series that they had done in the 70s where the premise is a teenager is elected president but the okay. the update that they did in um the late 2010s is superb it's a short series it's about this this teenager nick- nicknamed corn dog girl who goes viral on social media and is then elected president and it's v- very like Near future dystopian corporations are just like personified logos who are really controlling the government kind of situation, but like everything feels close enough where you're like, ah, fuck, that's probably what's going to happen. Like if you like Black (laughs) Mirror or politics in, or like following the political nonsense that's happening these days, you would probably find Prez at least a thought provoking read, and then Mm -hmm. um, sort of on a on a on a dovetail to this topic if you think silicon valley companies are evil and like the internet is maybe not like a i mean the internet is a tool and it's just what people do with it (laughs) that becomes like good or bad but like yeah oh god probably like six or seven years ago now boom i think it was did a series called memetic memetic and Mm -hmm. um that book is horrifying, man. It's like, <laughs> the premise is this, like, sloth meme goes viral, but is like a mind control device, and... Mm. The ending—I'm not going to spoil the ending—but it's way creepier than anything you're thinking of, and I almost threw up. So, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, it, it, I don't always have a physical reaction to comics, but like, even just thinking about the last few pages of Mimetic just make me be like, oh. Mm. And so not even d- just n- not even just like from a gross out perspective. From a like, oh, we really all think very close-mindedly about things, even when we don't realize it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just if you if you if you want to like feel a little uncomfortable about life you should probably read memetic or get, or give it to someone who's just like telling you that they're canceling all their
0: subscriptions to everything because okay. google's watching okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> interesting uh I, I will cautiously put that one on the list <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh speaking of you know current events and uh you know political stuff i want to quickly recommend rolling blackouts by sarah glidden this came out i think two years ago um It's a sort of uh, memoir. It's a nonfiction comic, and Sarah Glidden basically doing a memoir about, maybe not a memoir is not the right word, but sort of a journalistic sort of approach to going to Turkey, Syria, and Iran, and she's with a group of journalists who are covering the refugee crisis there, and the book raises a lot of issues of what's the responsibility of a journalist? Uh, Can they tell a story objectively? Is it? opportunistic to tell a story objectively? Are they being biased? It's a meditation on news coverage in the wake of a very real, uh, sadly, humanitarian crisis that's happening there with the refugees. It's a somewhat depressing topic, but the way Glidden addresses it, uh, I think, is really eye-opening. And uh, someone that might uh, be in tune with that stuff would really appreciate that approach to it. So add that to the list. And we have done so.
1: All Our full <laughs> list will, will be in our notes because, like Paul said, there's just so much. Because we basically st- started this episode being like, I don't know, what do we recommend? And now we're like, what don't we recommend? Let's break <laughs> it down, friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the sort of the main t- takeaway here is that there's a comic out there for everyone. That's kind of what I, I tell people when they ask me what comics I like or what they should check out. I say, look, just go to your local shop. There's going to be something that's going to speak to you either artistically or thematically, and that's your entry point. It's not just superheroes. Obviously, we know that, but a lot of people still think that way. So being able to find something that you think is going to speak to someone on your list, as I mentioned earlier, that is does show some initiative, and it is a nice way to uh, introduce them to this uh, wacky world of comics that we love. So, uh I feel like we are getting toward the end here. Do we want any last uh, wrap-up recommendations before we uh, wrap it up here? Anything you're dying to recommend that's on the list?
2: (laughs) Don't forget all of the old newsprint comics, like Calvin and Hobbes.
0: Yes. Or somebody
2: who likes the retro stuff or an older relative.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I would even say Calvin Hobbes for your younger readers, maybe kids that didn't read it when it was being published. Those books are still great for kids. Like I, I remember being so excited every Sunday to read the big Calvin Hobbes that was on the front of the comics page every Sunday. So that's a nice trip down memory lane for people our age, and also for younger readers, they would still, you know, I think be into that stuff. So that's a great recommendation across the board.
1: I really put Calvin and Hobbes in the same category as the early peanut stuff from Charles Schultz because like the early peanut stuff was a strip like about and I guess for children but really speaking to adults also and Schultz was really really biblical and philosophical in his early work in the 50s and 60s with Charlie Brown and the gang just like straight up philosophizing and like Schroeder was playing Beethoven what six-year-old plays Beethoven <laughs> but right um, yeah. Calvin and Hobbes I kind of put in that tradition because Calvin and Hobbes are named after philosophers and right. um, a lot of the the day-to-day uh, comic strips were about some more like like childish Fun and fantasy, and whatever worlds are made like, ah, Calvin ball. But, um, especially in a lot of the Sunday strips that you were talking about, looking forward to, yeah. like, th- sometimes those strips would just be like Calvin and Hobbes riding in a wagon down a hill while f- straight up philosophizing to one another. So, I totally agree with you that Calvin and Hobbes is like all ages, like, basic. I guess my short list then is like when in (laughs) doubt, give someone Calvin and Hobbes.
0: (laughs) That's a solid recommendation. I I secondhand endorse that. So yeah, that's great. Um, And and maybe uh, there's one here. I I did notice on the list Uh, for the person on our list that we wish read comics would be our, like our, our book to say, Hey, I know you're not into comics. This might be the one that converts you. We have some good picks here. So uh, I already mentioned runaways. I think uh, somebody put that there and then, um, what else do we have? So Runaways Kill is,
2: Yeah, yeah. Runaways is the book that got me reading comics, but I Kill Giants is the book that kept that kept me reading comics because yeah. it meant there was more than just your your team superhero books. Like it could be about one girl dealing with her personal demons. Mm-hmm.
1: I read that book recently for the first time and oh, no. I I did cry.
2: Yep. Yeah. Every time. Yeah.
0: yeah that's that's a really good pick i kill giants um i threw paper girls on that list just because i think that's a book that has a sort of universal appeal and um i think it's a really engaging story that's a book that no one's going to just end with the first volume they're going to want the next one so that's a good very addictive pick to get someone hooked on buying comics i think so i agree Cool. Well, we will post, as we said, the full list on our on our site here, which you can find. And if you have any suggestions that maybe we missed, we'd love to hear from you. You know where to find us. We are on the Internet, all over Twitter. Kara uh, is at KSZAM. I get that right? Yep. Okay. Kate is at KateLfear. I am at Oh Hi Polly, and the show is at IRCB Podcast. We post comic book news, art we like, sassy comments, and a whole lot more.
1: This show is powered by fans like you on Patreon. Find our Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB Podcast. Join us now for access to exclusive audio articles, previews of the IRCB schedule, early access to Top of My Pile posts, and more. Our Goodreads group is a lovely community of comic friends. You can join our yearly reading challenge and comment on our weekly threads. This week's thread was holiday-themed comics. Check it out at ircbpodcast.com slash goodreads.
2: Head over to ircbpodcast.com for our pronunciation guide, Discord server, zines, merchandise, and everything else, IRCB. If you haven't already, please rate and review our show Five Stars on iTunes and beyond, and we'll read your review on the next episode. Email the show with what you've been reading, recipes, corrections, whatever, at ircbpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Infinity Shred are the best band in the world. They also do the music for our show. Xander is a wizard. He's behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz. He also edits the show. Uh, I want to say thank you to Kate and Kara for joining me on this episode. It was a really fun topic. Thank you for listening. And until next time, comics are good and so are you.
1: Good work friends.
0: We I think we did a great job. I'm really proud of us.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was really excited about my comic picks too. And then as I was about to start being like, "Let me tell you about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 1." But it came out last week and I didn't see that until I was actually on the detail page for the item. Oh. oh I was well. very excited to hear you geek out about
2: it, though. <laughs> I'm disappointed that I missed that. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, I'll do it in brief for you right now. Basically, like <laughs> what ridiculous names for teams obviously i want to read this thing that probably exceeded your twitter limit just through the title
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm very curiously have you watched any of that uh the netflix show the the toys that made us because there's an episode about uh, both of those um that sounds right up my
1: alley i have not seen that yet
0: it's worth checking i haven't watched every episode i've just basically watched the episodes about toys that i actually had as a kid um but um what's great is the ninja turtles one the first like 10 minutes of the episode is just uh, kevin eastman and uh whatever laird the guys who created that just them geeking about about jack kirby for like 10 minutes and how much they love jack kirby and how they became friends is that they love jack kirby together and like it's great so
1: oh that's adorable thought about leaving my bed to go do the next phase of laundry and then i thought no why would i do that thing
2: do you hang your laundry outside is that why you need it to be nice
1: yes okay that makes like well because i not always like there is a dryer but i do have like today was a day that i needed to wash jeans and i just like recently (laughs) read a whole my so I got a lot of my nerdiness from my dad, but he like goes through phases where he either really embraces being a nerd or is just like, no, I'm cool. Um but he like is having a nerdy moment about like Japanese salvage denim from Brooks Brothers. Huh. And he's <laughs> he like is he's got like one pair of this really nice denim jeans and he like read up on how to take care of them and he's like, Kara, you cannot put denim in the dryer, it ruins the elastic fibers. So now I'm like hang drying my jeans. And then I also had to hand wash a few sweaters. So those are out hanging. And yesterday it was raining all day, but that didn't really matter because I was out of the house the whole time. But I was like, okay, I really need to do laundry today. And this morning it was like cloudy and rainy. But then the sun came out around like noon. So I was like, laundry time. And this is how I knew I was a grown up. That's how I know I'm a grown up when I'm excited that I'm able to do laundry in the manner to which I'm accustomed. If the gas prices are less than $4 a gallon and like I have a favorite grocery store, it's Trader Joe's. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I get that.